Welcome to The Uncertainties, the podcast for 20-somethings who don't quite have their shit together yet. I'm your host, Karis, and I started this podcast because the last few years have been a huge learning curve for me. Entering the world of work, moving out of my family home, trying and often failing to live up to the challenges of being a fully-fledged adult. It can be overwhelming at the best of times, and I know that I'm not the only person who feels like this because I'm going to be speaking to a bunch of my friends and people that I admire about the struggles that they have faced and how they are able to absolutely smash life. Today's guest is a marketing strategist who recently landed an exciting new role in the gaming industry. However, it wasn't all plain sailing in her early 20s. Perla felt unsatisfied with her job, which, coupled with a breakup, left her questioning herself and her purpose. In 2020, Perla was made redundant, a situation that few people find themselves in so early on in their career. But she refused to be defined by the setback and instead harnessed her marketing expertise to create and co-host her amazing podcast, Think Twice, analysing cultural insights based on speculation. If anything, the last few years have gifted her with the confidence to step outside of her comfort zone and into more exciting roles. So welcome, Perla. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm nervous. I'm definitely nervous because I'm really used to interviewing, not being the interviewee. So this is a very new experience for me. A change of events, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, no, I'm really excited. I know, but it's like not I'm not in control, so it's like not my podcast where I don't know what's going <laughs> what you're gonna ask me, what what's gonna happen. And usually like if you ask Ronak, my co host something twice, like I'm the biggest control freak. Really? Like, I'm Have like gonna plan down to a team. Oh, I'm a plan I'm a strategist. I, of course, I, I, it makes sense. I, I mean strategize. Yeah. I do. <laughs> much to everyone's dismay I really <laughs> piss everyone off but I do I, I I feel like I need to do it and um and have it in my head what I'm gonna do otherwise I freak out it's how I deal with my anxiety I think fair enough <laughs> I think I mean I do feel like a lot of people are in that position but in terms of like dealing with feeling in control and then going through COVID how do you feel like you've managed to deal with that have oh, you found it really difficult terribly absolutely <laughs> terribly the worst the absolute worst oh my god no I'm I've had you know, I have anxiety, that's just, it's just generally, and I think COVID really kind of took that out of me and was like, here you go, honey, here, here it is, times, it on a, a, times yeah, a thousand, baby. You're, you're on your own, you're working from home. I, I, I'd started a new job. I've started two new jobs in the pandemic. Oh fun, my gosh, fun. wow. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was living with my family, um, you know, say no more. Sorry, mum. <laughs> um, and... It is. You, you don't have. I usually have the, that soundboard of people around me um, mm. to kind of talk me out of um, a bad place. Like I'm. I'm a very intuitive person, but sometimes it's not too good. I no. It's good that I'm intuitive, but sometimes how I um, almost like too like self critical maybe self-critical yeah and I analyze everything mm. but then what comes with that is I'll usually then tell myself a story of based on what I think something is but with the absence of a soundboard that can literally be anything right so it I just see. won't be true and then it's always like you don't have with... someone to rationalize with Ex- you to be like this is completely irrational or you know not I, completely irrational but yeah exactly and I'm I'm forever sending all my friends just like five minute voice notes like <laughs> do you, what, what do you think about this and, da, 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 da. and then they literally replied to me like you are insane like you're insane I'm like fine that's all I needed to hear like sometimes even listening back to my voice notes I'm like yeah I can hear how I've taken this out of context yes, yeah yes. no you, look, I don't even have to listen back to the voice notes sometimes just it's saying in, it out loud it's amazing yeah. how when you speak something that's in your head that's driving you crazy and you actually say out loud 
it it makes you just realize how ridiculous you're being and mm. it, it's anyone that suffers from anxiety out there you know that is like my biggest thing that I do I write things down or I record myself saying them to a trusted friend or I just say out loud yeah and or you can record yeah. voice notes on your phone and no one ever has to hear them god imagine if that came out all the <laughs> hacking like freaks me out so the first thing that I wanted to talk about with you is you mentioned um being 24 and that being a really pivotal time in your life for a number of reasons so um a lot of it was to do with not being very satisfied in your job and then also um your relationship and I just wanted you to talk about that time because I think a lot of us see our life in different variables and um I think as soon as one of those variables is um compromised yeah we feel incredibly vulnerable and it's you know it puts us in a state of like we're kind of on the back foot so I imagine that at a time where quite a few variables I guess in your life felt really unstable it was a really scary time well something I realized like uh during that time was um that we're never kind of safe we're always subject to change but there's Mm. always these constants or seemingly constant things in our lives that kind of put us in this facade that are actually really comfortable and that's not always a good thing in fact it was a really really shit thing that kept me quite stunted am I allowed to swear on this yeah yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> oh my god do it all your life don't it, worry um it was a uh, kind of a shit thing that really stunted my development like the, the situational things weren't actually the thing that made me feel bad like the end of the relationship and also I didn't mention this in my answers but um at work a lot of my mentors had left and moved on to other opportunities mm. and that kind of um kicked me up the arse really um and it was more the things that were happening inside of me that were so uh worrying and uh well at the time they were really worrying but I'm really Mm. happy they happened like I didn't feel challenged at all um creatively which I feel like such so lame saying that I hate that phrase but I didn't like Mm. I didn't a lot of um you know the clients that my old company had um required the same level of strategy and I really wanted to do more brand stuff so it was that um you know I I wanted to travel like it would always been my dream to like move to Paris so and and work there for a while and this was before Emily in Paris came out so can I just say um (laughs) I do not want people to think I watched Emily in Paris and got really inspired that's the life that I want that is me that is literally me she inspired me yeah I'm like Perla in Paris Uh, my boyfriend actually always jokes that I should um do that and make an Instagram like at Perla in Paris. 100% do it. Yes, I'm um, so behind that. No, no, yeah. So I, I actually, for ages, I was um, uh, chatting with my work to see if they'd send me there. Um, but it wasn't really, I didn't think there was a place in the Parisian agency for me to go to. So it didn't really oh, work out. It wasn't really like fitting into place. And I just felt like within me, I felt like who I was becoming and who I actually was wasn't matching my surroundings and I felt so disjointed like really Mm. anxious all the time like my body was physically telling me like you need to move from this like this the this isn't right for you anymore like something that felt so right and something I really enjoyed in the past I loved that job for like a year and a half I absolutely loved it and then suddenly no like this isn't for me anymore like I need to be challenged creatively I want you know opportunities to travel in my job Mm. um and I didn't really see a future for me um at the company because I joined when I was junior and I do feel like especially with women um when you join a company and you're having loads of fun and you're kind of really junior you're perceived a certain way and you're put in a certain box and I don't know if you ever are able to 
move from that box yeah. and be really senior at the same company, you know? And I'm not saying don't have fun at your first company and like when you come out of uni, like definitely have fun, have so much fun. Yeah. But um, you know, make sure you're at a place where you you think that the perception of you could perhaps change and people will see you yeah that you're able to grow with the team exactly that's actually been a real thing for me at work too like how much of your true self do you show at work but I think getting that getting that level of like authenticity out of a person is and like making them feel really comfortable is a really good thing like I know I think it's really aided my work that I feel really really comfortable with my team now yeah I haven't had it it does come with age it really does come with it it comes with age comes with confidence Mm. and also something that I've tried to trump out even now because I'm still like this it's just just like being apologetic just for existing like, yeah. like oh, so sorry mm, you haven't invited me to this um meeting <laughs> um, oh sorry but like no like you've been hired there yeah you're, but they, you're constantly in imposition when like yeah, yeah they yeah, pay yeah. for your voice they pay for your opinion and yet I just feel like I'm not qualified to say shit like <laughs> I'm just like why are you asking me but I know I know I've got good ideas I know I'm very um like into culture and I know that that um into culture god that sounds enough I, I I'm really I'm really like I'm really in tune with my surroundings I yeah. love talking to new people and that actually holds me in good stead for like not only my podcast but my job like as a strategist you have to be aware of the people you're targeting the culture around you the category mm. to be to be good like that it, it's a constant like I'm forever like I've got tabs open like uh so like thousands of tabs on my computer like things that I need to read I'm like oh I don't have time to read this I need to to stay in control of that you know I don't know how much it's doing for my anxiety but it's definitely (laughs) making me more more like well-rounded yeah Yeah, I love that my job helps me develop as a person not only professionally um and it's definitely like my perfect role I never ever knew it existed at uni and I wish that someone had told me you have to like um either choose something that you're passionate about or make loads of money and you can't mm. do both which is absolutely not true because is, yeah, complete bullshit. if you're good at your job and people value your voice you're always going to make money that's something I've realized yeah completely. Um, not that I'm making loads of money now but I mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean I've seen that happen rolling in the Benjamins maybe. <laughs> seen out of my own eyes and I'm hoping to one day do that yeah and also, definitely it comes from loving what you do like you have to start by loving what you do being passionate about what you do and because that will drive you to work really hard to then get to the place yeah, yeah yeah definitely like I remember like when I was at uni and we were about to leave um like in for, for to go to wait I went to fourth year so sorry to graduate mm. I was like I don't want to do I don't want to be a lawyer I don't want to but I'm really good at arguing classic like how am I, <laughs> like <laughs> how many yeah. times do your parents tell you they're like um, oh my god you'd be such a good lawyer because you can argue <laughs> your way out of any situation yeah. you're like, you could, my mom's like, is. I was like you could tell me that soup isn't wet like that's her favourite phrase she's Belgian by the way she, that's why she says these phrases but she, um, I'm like yeah I guess I can argue but I don't know if that means that I want to work <laughs> to vote my life to the judicial hours. system yeah. <laughs> Um, so in the end like I went to a careers advisor and I just said like what can I, I did do you? oh god I never did that I thought yeah. like it really would have benefited I well first I did an internship at a marketing agency I don't know what it was about um, advertising I think it's just like the mesh of you know research data creativity all mm. in one place and in conjunction with each other that really attracted me to it because I really really wanted to do something creative but I can't do anything creative with my hands like I'm not <laughs> 
you give me a paintbrush and it will look like a piece of shit. So, but I know I'm creative. So yeah. it's, it's just such a weird thing. And I'm like, but what, how am I creative? Yeah, like how do I harness this into yeah. something that's valuable? Yeah, exactly. And they, is, they spotted yeah. that in me. I was really, really lucky. I had, a good, um, I had a good manager when I was interning at this place. And they were like, do you know what strategy is? And I... Uh, I shadowed the strategy team and I saw what they did. I was like, shit, this is your actual job. Like you literally, you're making a living out of this. Yeah, Just understanding people, Mm. understanding culture and uh, positioning a brand, a brand so that people will care. That's literally my job to make people care, Mm. um, which I absolutely love. So, but sorry, fast forward to the careers advisor. And I said like, but I don't want to do something that anybody could do. I want to feel like, I am contributing to something so much that they're like, oh, Perla, Perla's the only person that we need for that. And I don't know why. I don't know where that stems from. But that I remember saying that's the careers advisor and it was just such a, yeah, I think for everyone, it's a very harrowing time Yeah. <laughs> post-uni. Oh my God, completely. I um, also wanted to just circle back to um, that feeling of wanting to go traveling when you're young because yeah. that's something that when I read it I was like I really identify with this because yeah. I don't know about you but I didn't take a gap year I didn't do any of the kind of um, uh, yeah like standard things that a lot of people our age did do I've always felt like I've missed out on something and it was really interesting that you were like oh am I I can't remember the exact phrase that you used but it was like <laughs> you know like getting a bit too old for it or like life passing me by like, and yikes I, yeah, yeah 26 yeah yikes. <laughs> Um, And I just felt so, that was so relatable because I've definitely, definitely felt that a lot of being like, oh my God, have I missed the boat on the traveling thing? And having to kind of have that moment to um, like, yeah, just humble myself to be like, the world will exist yeah. Forever. So I think you can travel at literally any period of your well, life. That, and was enjoy. The decision, that was the decision I made. So yeah. when I was 24, I lit there like a whole flurry of things happened. And in the end, I got an opportunity to go traveling to South America for three months because oh my, my God, friend, amazing. yeah, my friend had finished her um, law conversion. And she had like three months to kill. I was like, cool. Um, and it, that just seemed, it, it was perfect. It was perfect timing. It was the place I really wanted to visit. Mm. And after speaking to a lot of mentors that I had at work and outside of work, they were like, go travel. Like, what are you talking about? Go fucking travel. You won't be able to for much longer. When you have responsibilities, you won't be able to. So yeah. I did. I literally dropped everything. I like, much to my parents, like, question marks. They were like, what? Like, you've only just started working. Like, how can you, like, be taking a sabbatical right now? It's pathetic. And they're right. <laughs> but I, I didn't know what I wanted to do next. Yeah. And, and it was, like, an itch that I wasn't, like, able to scratch where I was. So mm. it, I just felt it was the, the best opportunity, the best thing to do. And I was absolutely petrified because I didn't have a job on the other end of it. And I was traveling with someone who did. Um, and that was really scary. Yeah. So I had to kind of, like, put my anxiety at bay what and actually enjoy what I was doing um and and just accept the fact that I wasn't going to get a job until I was back and it freaked me out that period of coming home and not having anything to do made me so scared (laughs) but not as scared as when I was um 24 still that was I think that was my most fearful fearful well that, that was my yeah that was probably so far the worst time in my life really yeah okay 
But it, so wait, so sorry, just to, to figure out the timeline here. So you went traveling in South America. Oh, uh, so just before the pandemic. I thought so because yeah. I was listening to your podcast and I and you're saying like, oh, I'm about to go traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. This is making sense now. Yeah. I have the timeline in my head. Okay, and then 24 was I, I came a year home. and a half maybe before that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I graduated from uni when I was 23, got a job like three months after that um I worked at my the my first job for like a year and 10 months like just under two years Hmm. um went traveling came back got a job literally in two weeks um because I did about 14 interviews and um it was manic and I don't know why I was like why am I rushing so much but now I'm really glad I did because although I got made redundant in the end it allowed me to get the job within the network that I was in so right, I could okay. have been without a job for months but I didn't obviously know that at the time so all these like little decisions like yes I ended up not being at the right opportunity and obviously I was made redundant but then if I hadn't have taken that opportunity I wouldn't have been able to have a job that would have taken me through to now at EA so mm. all of these little things like happened for a reason. As yeah. much, I hate that phrase, but it, it does. It happens <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> it does. You don't realise at the time. You never realise at the time. Redundancy the time. was less bad though because it was happening to me. I, I, I couldn't control it. Yes. And again, for someone who feels like they need to control situations, I imagine that these things funny. are quite like big testing times for you and your character to kind of see how you can navigate that period I hate being out of control of things but I also hate having loads of decisions to make I don't know how to explain it so like I also hate um feeling overwhelmed by lots of yeah like my decision will affect me and I cannot blame anyone else so when I was 24 um I had to make that decision I had to step out my job less than two years in which is so frowned upon in general society which I've never understand why Mm. I'll go into like a bit later yeah I was in control of my decision um and that scared me shitless because it means that like whatever I choose was completely my own doing and who knows what will happen whereas when I was made redundant I didn't have a choice in the matter I had to like bounce back into action and Mm. act upon something that had happened to me um, and it wasn't the right fit for me. So it was very bittersweet. So I'd rather it didn't happen during a pandemic, but I was glad it happened because I was like, I, I was like to my mum, I don't know if I if I have to, if I don't get made redundant, because it was when we'd found, found out that people were at risk. Right. If I don't get made redundant, um, I'm going to be unhappy. If I do get made redundant, I'm going to be made like unhappy like, yeah. there's no like winning in that situation oh that's yeah I know I know that feeling and it's so that's really difficult actually yeah it's the unpredictability of just the pandemic and I'm like when am I going to get another job mm. will I get another job what if it's another job that I hate and you have like the PTSD from the last job you're like oh my god I'm not confident <laughs> enough to get another job I don't know what to do anyway it was all it was yeah that was that was no picnic I say that the 24 um, wobble was worse than when I was made redundant but like that's not to understate how bad being made redundant felt at the time that yeah. was no picnic let me tell you <laughs> yeah and I definitely do want to talk about that in a lot more detail because as I said it's not something that I f- it feels still like a very taboo mm. subject and something that a lot of people in their 20s don't feel is relevant to them. They're like, oh, if I think about redundancy, it's people who are, you know, 40 plus or yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But especially because of COVID, I do yeah. feel like I actually do know quite a few people now. Well, you know, like at least a handful, maybe um, 10 people who were made redundant 
with the, the with the circumstances and um it can feel quite isolating i imagine yeah. because you feel like you are the only one who's going through it at the time and i think knowing that yeah. other people have gone through it and how kind of just like normalizing the conversation i think would be a massive help to a lot of people oh definitely like when i was made redundant it was uh we found out when would we find out people are at risk i think it was mid-may oh mm. it's my um redundancy anniversary, anniversary. <laughs> happy oh my god cheers to that cheers to that fantastic um yeah i was made redundant in like mid mid-may and it was kind of before it was when everyone was getting furloughed and that company yeah. just wasn't furloughing um which i won't go into but um essentially um yeah I did feel completely alone and I'd only just got that job so I was also really embarrassed because I'd literally just changed my LinkedIn <laughs> like status oh god no I changed all of it I told everyone it was like quite um you know like a a big advertising agency people were really like people from here there and everywhere were like commenting on my you know LinkedIn update like oh my god well done and it was I was just so embarrassed and in in like you get told a million times that it's not because of your performance it's nothing mm. to do with you but to be actively like told that you are actually of no use to this company yeah, so we're cutting you off make, yeah it's gonna feel personal like, there's so no way shit. not yeah yeah and it really knocked my confidence no i can imagine um so it was like this kind of balancing act between like i really need to get a job but also i'm so like exhausted by this whole situation because it wasn't just like a zoom meeting invite and then i was told i was made redundant it was like a whole thing that lasted a month of like because it was a mass redundancy it was oh like God. over 100 people yeah yeah so um, it's just a lot yeah yeah there's a lot of yeah it's like the hunger games it, it was awful it, <laughs> again if you're not familiar with the redundancy like um legalities of it like I, I urge you to google it but i won't like i won't go into it but um yeah, it was it. It's harrowing to your self esteem. Yeah, um, I can imagine. And I didn't know anybody. Like I'd only just joined the company like three months before, so no one knew knew me. No one could vouch for what I could do. I knew I was good, but I didn't think anyone else did. So it felt crap. <laughs> like really. Yeah. Um, but again, had that not happened and I was still in that job, I wouldn't have be as happy as I am now in the job that I'm in. I say three weeks in, but um, I, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> no, totally. I think that's really, that's really, really important. Um, in terms of that time when you were 24, sorry, I realise you keep yeah. me like, this was a really dark time and I'm like, let's just revisit this. <laughs> I want to revisit it again, Pala. I want you to cry on this podcast. That's my aim. No, no, it's fine. Please, let's circle back. <laughs> um, but no, I think it would just be really interesting to, to understand the your best coping mechanisms to kind of work your way through that time I guess um talk 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 like I am a huge talker like I said I'm very candid so I find it quite easy to speak to people that I'm close to quite candidly about the way I feel mm. and when that failed I got therapy and actually I really want to promote uh NABs I don't know if you've ever heard of NABs no 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 um it's, an, it's a marketing organization that gives everybody in the marketing industry who is a member um you, and it's free to become a member uh, you get five free sessions of therapy. Oh my god, amazing! Yeah, wow. really, really cool. My friend told me about it, and it was at a time where I just felt like I would really benefit from yeah. a soundboard that wasn't from somebody who knew me very well, mm. and it helped me so much. It really helped me understand, like, what all my fears kind of centralized to, and where I needed to move forward. It was how I decided. Um, 
that I needed to leave. You are, you, you are programmed, even though you're like super um, educated, you're young, you've got great perception of, of culture and life, you're still made to think that um, you'd be lucky to get a job rather than the job being lucky to have you. Mm, and that's yeah. been something I've really had to change my mindset like about. Reprogram yeah, yeah, reprogram. Like, wait, you're lucky to have me as well like mm. I'm also really good at my job I'm really dedicated and I know I work really hard and um, and when I have an interview with a, a, a new company I'm just as much trying to find stuff about them yeah like them. sell the job to me as much as I need yeah. to sell myself to you yeah but I... if, if they make you feel like it's any less than that then it's definitely not the company for you mm. like, I've been burnt enough times now to know what I'm looking for in a manager in a in a uh, like ambiance like, yeah like the culture yeah. I'm exactly the same I think that I've I mean and, I, and again I think like as the more jobs that you have the more you learn that about yourself and like your yeah. methods of working but I definitely was much more critical um about the next role that I went into because I yeah. as you say I was like I have been unhappy for long periods I of my life working burnt, and yeah. I am not doing this again and I think it you know it can be a uh, sadly quite a valuable experience to learn what does and doesn't work for you for sure yeah when you're in your mid you know that transition out of being in your early 20s and then into your mid-20s where you are thinking about your career path and you are thinking about you know slightly yeah. different you know your priorities are shifting um, and it can be quite like yeah just like an interesting but also confusing time where you're just trying to you know like reprioritize your life yeah exactly and figure out you go from everyone doing the same thing to then like waking up one morning and someone's pregnant three people are engaged (laughs) like all your friends are buying flats you're like wait what eh? i thought we were all getting drunk at the local like uni bar and really confused wait what guys why did no one tell me yeah where was the memo i have no idea how i've missed out on this oh my god completely it is it's like you you are kind of led through life as like a kid and a yeah teenager. completely and handheld like, and then you're like oh, you're like, oh god. god and they kept saying this like phrase about independent learning that was like a, a word they, the phrase that they love to tell me at school like independent learning is really important independent learning i'm like oh whatever like this isn't important <laughs> yeah they had a point yeah <laughs> to, you're in charge of your own like uh destiny and how you succeed and i'm not used to that i really want to be led by the hand again okay <laughs> why don't they do that more i yeah, know is that I'm normalize that i want someone to take off. the register in the morning ask if i'm all right offer me a biscuit and milk at break time and i just want to go back please. have a nap at 3 p.m yeah um i also love the fact that you set up your podcast obviously oh, thank you twice. it wasn't just me it was my co-host bronak she's um amazing um, and actually, you're going to meet her because you're coming on our podcast very yes, soon. So, promoing. Um, but yeah, I think, and again, this is something that really struck a chord with me. You kind of had a very similar part to, to um, birthing your podcast. Yeah. Um, so I think that's quite quite interesting. I'd love for you well, to talk a little bit more about how you guys came up with, with the idea. Well, um, it's kind of like now through lockdown and through all of these mishaps, etc. like it's become like the thing that I do that's connected to me rather than a company because I've realized how not not always temporary companies are, but you know, your self-worth shouldn't just be attached to who you are at a certain company achieving their objectives. You should always try to achieve your own objectives. So it mm. has become that. But the way that it was born was... Um, the fact that we were, you know, strategists at an advertising agency, seeing the same really, really boring statistics, um, which was breeding the same creative work. So 
there was this one statistic that really shines out from it for me and for probably for Ronak as well. Um, it was in 2017. It was about Gen Z, about how they don't drink, they hate having fun. And then we looked at the study and it was like 10, I don't know, I'm making this up, like 10 Gen Z and like Indiana um, 16 years old like not even legally allowed to drink in their country do you know what I mean like oh my god so I've how... definitely heard that statistic and I've definitely said that about I'm like oh my god Jen said they just yeah. don't like I've definitely been like that's made an impression that's on me that's fine as long as you've like done a meta-analysis and you've looked at loads of studies that maybe you know corroborate that study I don't know but it just made me so annoyed that everybody was writing strategies based on this paper that also kind of tunnel visioned yeah it was just context. exactly and it was just making us so tone deaf like we're meant to understand the consumer we're meant to understand who we're targeting so for me and for Ronak we were like this is ridiculous why do people just keep repeating the statistic but then we realized like the origin of that the reason why people were doing that is because they were time poor like often at an agency you have to churn out maybe three four briefs in a week and it's a lot of thinking and you know you've got meetings you've got other stuff to do so you do really you, you kind of perfect the art of finding a lot of research in a really small amount of time so we wanted to kind of give back to the strategy community and give them like a resource that you know I don't have a lot of time shit 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 has think twice on an episode on this oh yeah influencers and then bang 30 40 minutes and we've done all of the research for them we're speaking to an expert for them Mm. and then they can literally use that pluck any you know insights they want to out of that and then just put it in their strategies and make sure that the and not always the same stat too it's the one that they resonate the most with because we'll often discuss loads of different viewpoints of the same topic so it's kind of that's what we wanted to do. It's essentially we're a. I'm gonna say the strap line. Go for it. We're a snackable strategy podcast, oh, okay. um, exploring insights, so that strategists can write better briefs. That's literally what it is. Yeah, <laughs> but I think even because um, I think that some people might not see it as being that accessible to them. But mm. I found um, just as like a kind of a leisurely podcast to listen to. Oh, I listened yes. to. I listened to. Um, your influencer um, oh, episode. And I see. also, just because I'm not a particularly techie person, really um, loves your episode on NFTs. Uh, because it's what? something that I've really struggled to get my head around, oh, if same. I'm being totally honest. And, and inaccessible been, too. It all feels very inaccessible. It's yeah. all men that write about it. And yeah. it makes me feel so like, oh Inadequate. shit, maybe I'm not going to understand this. No, me too. And I feel like it's 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 become a bit buzzwordy, hasn't it? Like everyone's talking about NFTs. NFTs, and, NFTs, metaverses. And yeah and you're like I really want to contribute to this conversation but I have no fucking clue (laughs) and it was really I genuinely found your your podcast episode so enlightening because yeah as you say you like you're not only do you talk about these topics really intelligently and um you bring in so many sources as well so like I afterwards I like followed up and like read a bunch of articles on it and it's just you like come out of the podcast feeling not only like you've yeah like just like you've you've learned a lot about a topic but in a really short period of time which is like the perfect thing isn't it like I can you know come here today and be like yeah after 40 minutes Uh, I do know yeah 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 I can hold a conversation about this (laughs) but that's the point and so you should because we've essentially got like 12 sources in there Mm. and we've discussed them all and our different opinions and there you go like that's all it should take (laughs) um having worked at it or in gaming you meant you said something in your um answers that I found really interesting that was about I kind of said 
what surprises you or what do you feel really uncertain about still and one of the things is misogyny (laughs) in the workplace and I think this is really interesting obviously it's something that I've definitely um agree with or have experienced myself and I was also wondering having recently shifted into a gaming industry that I think is definitely perceived as predominantly male yeah how how have you found that experience I mean obviously yours it's it's only been a few weeks so you're probably not gonna have tons of experience to to pull on but like whether or not you've noticed any changes or like yeah just what what your thoughts at the moment so I, I, mean, I can't go into detail <laughs> yeah no, no of course but what I will say so uh so I took the job at EA because I've always noticed that well let me start from the beginning so during lockdown I um kind of got sick of watching shit on TV <laughs> it, it was really really boring me I mean I'm sure you you, you yeah the same um, and my boyfriend's really into gaming and I thought for me gaming used to be like I was like oh okay Pac-Man, Mario Kart, like, I don't know. No, obviously I knew, like, COD, all of those. I, I obviously I knew all of these things. Yeah. But I just thought they were, like, a bo- there were boy things and it was all shooting and beating each other up and I, like, didn't really care for it. Like, mm. I played Sims quite a lot when I was a kid and I've actually, we discussed this before, re-bought really it. And yeah. I didn't even buy it during the pandemic. I bought it before. So <laughs> I can't even excuse it on that. Like, I just love it. I, I love- mean, it's... It's so a simulation of, of real life and you get to be whoever you want to be on The Sims. It's, it's amazing. Incredible. Well, do you remember all of the, the codes, uh, the cheat codes? Master, master Load. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't, do you know what is so embarrassing? I thought that the, they were like pirate codes that someone came up with. I didn't realise that EA had provided the codes. Oh, I don't, I don't yeah. think I knew that. It was, it was um, on purpose so that people could oh. enjoy... Um, that's not like an EA secret. I think that's a known thing. <laughs> Industry secret. Guys, you just heard it here No, no, no. I like say to my friend, I'm like, how did you figure out those codes? By the way, we were like nine. That's really cool. And she was like, <laughs> we were fucking she was like, came out. She was like, they were literally public knowledge. Like, I don't. <laughs> so, so sorry. I digress. So I didn't realize that there were all sorts of games. Like, um, there are horror games that I absolutely yeah. love. Like, um, Resident Evil has just oh, yeah. loads of different games. And and recently one's come out, and I'm gonna play it. Like, like, keep saying, like, this weekend I'm going to play it, but, like, now things are reopening. I'm finding mm. it really hard to find time to game. Um, but that one I absolutely love. I love um, narrative, like, storytelling games. I actually really like third-person shooter games, so okay. when you can see an entire uh, scene and you're shooting like that rather than as if you're holding the gun. So it took me a lot of time to put my head around what the difference was, but that was. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of that right now. I'm not t- entirely sure. So you're not shooting. You're not shooting in the third person. No, sorry, you are shooting, but you're you're within a whole story scene. So it's for okay. a reason, and you're and you're doing it in like a crowd. I find it really hard to explain. I need to <laughs> I need to like draw you a picture. Imagine with my mind's eye. Okay. No, exactly. <laughs> um, so I really enjoy like um, storytelling, narrative, um, horror games, and I didn't realize that any of those existed. And I'm like, wait, why the hell did I not know about this, but you did? Like to my boyfriend, and I'm like, because you're a boy, so it's marketed, mm, it's marketed to you. Exactly, it's marketed to you. Anybody that is a gamer has usually been introduced to gaming through a male influence. So mm. if you've got like I, the only reason I actually pay, played Sims or Crazy Taxi or it's another one I played. We've been talking Roller about Ty- Simpson. Oh no. Coaster- no, 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 that's a good one. <laughs> loved loved that say. one. That but was one of my faves. It's because my friend had an older brother. 
and um, he introduced her to gaming and she introduced me to gaming not really like hugely like she used to play gta like i never well i play it now actually i really enjoy that game it's very sexist sorry (laughs) um but it's really really fun um but yeah i just really wanted I, i was really passionate about the fact that i could maybe make that better for people and i could actually you know join and market things to girls like i think the number one thing that's always made me realize I don't want to be at a company anymore is I don't want to be my senior like I never actually want to be the director at this company and if I if I say no to that if like you know do you want to be the director at this company do you want to have your manager's role and the answer is no then I'm not at the right place Mm, that's really interesting actually my worst line that anyone ever says is like I just got to make it through the year or you know I um it's one year of misery and then blah 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 like Number one, like, you should never assume that you were all going to die peacefully at 95 in our beds. Like, you don't know how many years you've got left on this earth. Sorry to get really morbid. <laughs> you just don't. Like, why on earth would you, would you spend, spend any, a living any moment, moment in and, hell? Yeah. And I will always remember what my mum said to me at That's one point. That's such a good point. Yeah. Like you, like, I 100% was that person who was like, I just got to get through like, this. You yeah. don't know how long you're going to live. Don't, don't think that, like... Yeah, I don't think that you're any lesser than that your life and every second in your life is is precious. It is. Like, my mum said to me, she cracked me up. I was, like, crying because at one point in one of my jobs in the past. And she was just like, I did not give birth to you for you to be this unhappy. Like, what are you doing? She was like, quit. Quit now. Fucking quit. My mum's actually been such a good advocate for that, you know. Really? She's just like, yeah, quit. Like, if you're unhappy, quit. Yeah, my mum was exactly the same. She's like, get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. But, yeah, it's it's definitely something that's socially... kind of ingrained in a lot of people like yeah and that it's it's not seen as acceptable but as you say you're so right that um and i'm sure you'll talk about this much more but that um people respect you so much so much more actually for leaving at a time that is right for you and for being a bit more intuitive with how you work and what is right and what's wrong yeah no exactly that like i actually read something from um zoe skaman who was actually a guest on my podcast and i literally um, hang on every word like on everything <laughs> um she posted like a few days ago like um if you're in a toxic work environment leave like you're not it's not you're not going to change it it's going to change you yeah so that's another trap that 100. people try and fall into they're like oh you don't like how things are you don't like the status quo change it disrupt like, the system disrupt the system baby it's yeah like, that's no. so um glamorized actually isn't oh it oh my it's god same with anything it's the same as being like oh i'm gonna change a bad boy it's like it's based on the assumption yeah. that you're you're in a you're in a safe work environment where everyone's equal and your voice is heard which uh, a lot of the time a toxic workplace is none of the above it's, yeah so how on earth would you change it and it's right it changes you it stamps out all the confidence in you yeah and it makes you believe that the longer you stay in a toxic workplace the more you believe that you cannot get out of it yeah i 100 percent agree with that so so scam and love it like just as as much as i hate a toxic workplace i also don't tolerate toxic people in my life like and i when i say toxic i literally mean anybody like it could be my family it could be like i i cut it it's it's gone um and it's somebody that drains everything out of you um makes you feel bad about yourself and just literally make if you're like 90 percent, no sorry maybe 70 percent unhappy with um the relationship that you've got i always i'm like nah cut it 
and it's easier said than done I'm not like a pair of scissors like cut 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 do you know what I mean like it, <laughs> I'm like crying when I do it like don't get me wrong and I haven't done it a lot I'm making it seem like I've cut like millions of people out of my life I haven't but sorry it just leads me on to the fact that um every single person in my life I really really look up to they inspire me they just fill me with so much joy but they also tell me when I'm being an idiot tell me when I should be paying attention to something you know in society politics you know they educate me um and they teach me things you know they tell me when I'm being out of order like I I so value every single person in my life and they're all there for me for different things like some people Mm. are you know that I think I said that my mum um you know she's taught me how to be kind um you know, maybe not done such a good job. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I am kind. I'm just n- not always nice. Um, <laughs> two different things. Um, I've got friends that have, who are like my moral compass. Like yeah. there are like a handful of friends I've got that I will send them. Obviously, a long ass voice voice note. That's just the way I am. Um, can't commit to a phone call. Have to send you a fifteen minute voice note. <laughs> Uh, where I'm like, hey, like, am I being a dick? But like, dot, dot, dot. It's always, and they, and it, they'll tell me if I am and I really need to hear that. I think something that would be lovely to talk about is um, things that you feel uncertain about right now. I'm still like uncertain about my uh, kind of job journey um, mm. and I can't help but like hope that like the the next few years pass quickly so that kind of looks like it was behind me like my little like oh hiccup um but as I'm kind of going moving through life and I'm speaking to different people um and I also and also reflecting back on the ways I felt back in those different roles and those areas of my life I am actually getting more confident in my weird and wacky path and like it's actually the only way that you can replicate experience without age like the fact that I've worked in all these different agencies and places and under loads of different managers and management styles Mm. has prepared me for the role I'm in now both you know professionally and like personally um, so I'm actually really proud of it now. I can say I can pull up on all these experiences and that, you know, I had a manager who was like this and I worked on this project and I worked at an agency that specialised in that. And from the way I taught, you'd think I have like 10 years experience, but no. It's just like just crystallised into I a very short... moved around, yeah. And it's actually part of the reason why I was so intent on travelling mm. because I was realising that I had really little life experience and I'm a strategist, so I need to understand things to quiet like a deep where in a deep way and mm. understand quite a few different people and I was like I need to travel to be able to do that and don't get me wrong I still do want to travel and um I'm really thankful that I'm now in a job that I will have a lot of traveling opportunities um but there are other ways like just following your path and um making sure that you're always learning and like I said before um you always want to be that step ahead and you always want to be the person who's more senior than you then you're no, you know you're still learning um so sorry I waffled on but basically yeah I'm I'm still uncertain about how my uh, path might look especially to people that have um probably more traditional ways of thinking of jobs yeah um but I'm becoming more comfortable with it and I am embracing it a lot more as time goes on. Definitely. And I think that one thing that you have that's very, very clear when you speak is that um, that 
you don't need to feel anxious or worried about yeah. about pivoting your career because if anything it's actually made you crystallize i mean it's given you periods of reflection it's made you crystallize um your work values and like and your just your life values basically yeah. so and i think that that will give you actually a kind of level of confidence that a lot of people our age might not have do you, you know, know what, what my mean? therapist told me sorry this is such a like a lie you know what my therapist told me <laughs> my this is my like favorite thing because i was so like felt so shit that I'd quit my job I was like I quit like I've just given up and now I'm going traveling like an absolute like classic millennial white girl like can't stand (laughs) it and she was like wait what do you mean you made a decision congratulations on making that decision and I was like what like I don't have a new job like why are you congratulating me and she was like because it takes a lot of guts to quit when you know that something's not right for you Mm. and you made a decision you you did an action you didn't sit there and and it wasn't know, passive it was that yeah yeah that was an, an action that you performed and it would took a lot of courage and I never thought of that of, of it like that because we're always kind of programmed into us when we're kids that you know you shouldn't give up and I still don't get me wrong like, I still don't think you should give up and you should always pers- persevere when you think that the end goal is going to be beneficial to you mm. but when it's not bloody hell give up like, yeah. give up <laughs> Just sit down. Be comfortable with giving up. Yeah, because yeah. it is an it is an action, and it made me. That's actually part of the reason why I'm getting more confident confident about my um kind of career traje- trajectory. So that was a really hard thing for me to say. Career trajectory. No, no, you're gonna have to. It's fine. No, you got it. Yeah, you, got, you know. Career it, trajectory. Yeah. There we go. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> As we wrap up the podcast, and I ask yeah. all my guests, what is the thing that you feel the most certain about right now? that I'm always going to strive to follow what I think is going to get me in the right place. I know that um, it's not a failure. I know that um, if a door closes, another one will open. hate that phrase again, but it's so true. Um, And sometimes the second door takes a little while to creak open, but it will. Have faith. Yeah, Yeah. I, I have faith that I don't know why, because I'm not a religious person, but I do have faith that um, I will always find uh, an opportunity that is meant more for me if that door closes. It's not the end until it's the end. Yeah, because I had to take a job that um, wasn't what I wanted to do because I'd been made redundant, but I had mm. to, it was just survival. And mm. I was and I, <laughs> I was just such a millennial, I can't cope with such a millennial. I was literally like, um, no, this isn't, this isn't, you know, my destiny, this isn't what I want to do, like, this isn't going to creatively invigorate me, like, what the fuck, I had been made redundant <laughs> in the pandemic, like, chill out, like, I should have taken anything, and my parents quickly were like, um, you know, it's put me down a few pegs, yeah, like, yeah, Christ, like, um... what are you, I was like, yeah, fair, I, I, to be honest, it came out of fear, I was just scared of being put in another situation where I felt really bad again, yeah. so it was just a, a fearful thing, rather than an arrogance, <laughs> although it sounds really arrogant. <laughs> no, I really like that. I think that's a really um that's a really good thing to uh to end the podcast on actually. I need to, <laughs> I'm gonna take all of these very good nuggets of wisdom and like write a little, <laughs> little nuggets quote. Of yeah, yeah, honestly, like write a little quote book every time I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah. Oh no, god. It's not the end. <laughs> Am I just like end. a bumper sticker? It's because I'm a strategist. I'm like I I know how to make things sound like sappy and Yeah, fire. I know, I love it though. God. It's so good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Um, No, honestly, thank you so much for coming here today and coming to chat and being so open about your experiences and like, yeah, just really offering your 
your wisdom really because I do feel like um there's so much to take away from that and so many things that I wish that I had learned when I oh, was same. <laughs> you know 18 and figuring life out and just had that knowledge um so I think it's so incredibly valuable to so many people um and I've really oh, enjoyed this so thank you so much for coming on oh, thanks for having me and I'm very excited to see you on Think Twice very soon I know oh yeah <laughs> of course you should plug Think Twice right now Oh, everybody, um, Instagram, at Think Twice Podcast, and you'll find the links to both of my podcasts. I've got another one. It's a, like a collab that I have with another group. Oh, my God. But it's what? as Think Twice, the brand. Okay. Um, so How do we not touch on this? Oh, okay. it's... It, no, it's it's good, but it's it's based on the same thing. Okay, okay, got you. Um, so, yeah, follow it at Think Twice Podcast, and you'll get a flurry of links to just various topics that we've touched on. Um and it's and all subscribe. kinds of things and it's like the intersection between kind of culture and tech and um god i need you to be like my marketer like, <laughs> oh my no but it, it is truly truly really insightful and interesting and it's it's so kind of bite-sizey as well that it's really accessible and digestible so i would highly recommend to anyone and everyone just like subscribe everything <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. This is the uncertainty. So we'll be back with another episode soon. Bye.